All right, Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1, is where we're going to be. There's this psychological idea. Uh, It's called, it's referred to as groupthink or social conformity. Here's Here's what it is. It's this idea, it's this understanding that uh, we will conform to what the group is doing. We will conform to the group's opinion, even if it's to our detriment. We will follow along with the group because we think, oh, well, if the group is doing it, it must be the right thing to do. This plays itself out in all kinds of ways. Some in some ways that are silly and don't matter, and some in some ways that actually are detrimental to us. You see this social conformity, this group thing, play out in the trends that you see in your school. The things that become popular. Like, if you just think about what was popular seven years ago, you're like, why were animal-shaped rubber bands really popular? But everybody and their mother had them. It's like, oh my gosh, I just got the dog silly band. It's like, these are so dumb. Like, but everybody got them. And, and, on, and, if you, and, and, if you didn't, and if you didn't get them, it was just really like, why don't you have any silly bands? Like, what are you doing? Do your parents hate you? But there are all kinds of trends like this. The, the most recent one, the most recent one was fidget spinners, right? Everybody had to get a fidget spinner. You were stopping at every gas station. They're like, we have fidget spinners. They light up. I'm like, no one cares. No one, literally no one cares, right? But listen, listen, listen. There are ways in which this idea, there are ways in which this idea of social conformity there are ways in which this idea of social conformity and groupthink can actually be to our detriment. That we can see what the masses are doing. We can see how the masses are thinking, how the group is thinking. And we can see it and we can hear it and we can identify that's wrong. But because we're on the island and the rest of the group thinks a certain way, we will conform to the group. Because we think, well, if the group likes it, then we're gonna, we must need to go that way. And you think in that moment, no, I'm the individual, I'm the trailblazer, I'm the hipster. No, you're not. We will conform to the group. And sometimes to our our detriment. Sometimes we will believe incorrect information because the group does. And if if more people, if more people believe this than less people, maybe the thing that most people believe is what is true. And you face this every day in your schools. And you face this every day on your teams and your communities. And you, you may not even know it. And I tell you that to tell you this. We're going to begin this new series called Does the Bible Really Say? Thinking why we're doing this. Because there are some things, uh, some ideas, some ways of thinking that you face, that you have heard and maybe have even believed, that cause you to think, does the Bible really say? And we're going to go and we're going to look at, at those things that you maybe have adopted from culture. Maybe you have heard from the culture and you're like, and I don't, maybe I believe that. I don't know. Maybe everybody else believes it. Should I believe it? And what I want to do over the next four weeks is say, does the Bible really say those things? And if it says those things, then what does that mean for us? And here's the deal. I'm starting with this assumption. So let me just put the cards on the table. I'm starting with the assumption that this is the truth. I'm starting with the assumption that these are the words of God. If you want to have an argument with me or have a talk about how we can believe or trust that these are the words of God, we can do that later. You can go listen to our podcast on how I believe the Bible is reliable. That's totally fine. But here's the deal. I'm starting with the assumption that this is true. And it's our authority. And that what it has to say, we ought to believe because it's from God. 
And so when we ask this question, does the Bible really say? What we're asking is, what really is the truth here? What really is the truth? So let's jump in to Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1. I'll read through verse 6. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? Do not notice the log that is in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. So here's the question that we're asking. Does the Bible really say, don't judge? And you're like, well, we just read it, and it does. All right, well, I guess I've seen the sermon then. But that's not how we're going to do this. So it's clear what the Bible says. But how do we apply this? How should we understand this? Because... Because you hear this, this, that phrase specifically tossed out all over the place. You don't even have to be a Christian for people to throw that in your face. And maybe they throw it in your face because you're a Christian. Well, doesn't the Bible say don't judge? And they're applying it in a way that you really aren't trying to apply it. And maybe they don't, they don't understand it in the way that the Bible is actually communicating. And so we ought to ask this question. What is the Bible really saying here? How ought we to understand what the Bible is saying when it says don't judge? So we're going to ask three questions. We're going to ask three questions as we, as we answer this question. Does the Bible really say, don't judge? Here's the first question. What does the Bible say? The second question is, how do we understand this correctly? The third question is, what's the right way to understand it? What does the Bible really say? How have we understood this incorrectly? And how should we understand it correctly? This idea of don't judge that we find in the Bible. Okay, so what do we see that the Bible says? Look back at Matthew chapter 7. We see this command in verse 1. This is Jesus talking in this is Jesus talking and he says to his disciples, "Judge not that you be not judged." Period. Command, don't judge. That's what he says, and that's where most people stop. Don't judge. The Bible says don't judge. We shouldn't judge. We apply that in all kinds of crazy ways. But he keeps going. Here's the reason for the command. Look at verse 2. Here's why you shouldn't judge. Because or for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Here's what he's saying. The standards you use to judge other people are the standards you're going to be judged by. So if you want to act like you've got it all together and you want to act like you're perfect and you want to judge other people, that mirror is going to get shown on you too. The same standards you judge by, people are going to judge you by too. That's how that works. And then he starts to give this illustration in verse 3. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? And this is the phrase you hear from folks in verse 5. You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You see, we read texts like this, and non-Christian people hear texts like this and read texts like this, and they say, you see, the Bible says don't judge. Stop judging me. Don't tell me what I am and what I'm not. And they think of texts like, like this, this scene in, in John chapter 7 and 8. Uh, 
the, the religious leaders bring this woman in and they throw her before Jesus. So like this crazy scene, this screaming woman, they, they, they drag her and throw her before Jesus and they say, hey, this woman was caught in adultery. The law says to stone her. What do you say? And Jesus is like, um, and he bends down and he starts to write in the dirt. I don't know what he's writing, but he's writing in the dirt. And he says this in verse 7, chapter 8, verse 7. And they continued to ask him. He stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was alone with a woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. And this text is beautiful, and it tells of the grace of God. But when the topic of judgment comes up, when people get in our face about, hey, you can't judge me, they throw stuff like this in your face. Well, Jesus said, he who's without sin casts the first stone. You're right, Jesus said that. But what are we talking about? What are we actually talking about? So how do we understand this incorrectly? How do we understand this command to not judge incorrectly? The first way is this. We take the phrase, don't judge. We take the command, don't judge, to mean this. You can't ever tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. We understand that command, don't judge, incorrectly by thinking, don't judge means you can't ever tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. (coughs) The problem with thinking, don't judge, means that. The problem with thinking that don't judge means you can't ever tell me that what I'm doing is wrong is the Bible. You see, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 4, look back at verse 4. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye, you hypocrite. Here we go. Check this out. Listen. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You see, Jesus never says, Jesus never says, you can't address the speck in your brother's eye at all. What he does say is, you need to look at yourself first. See, the Bible never says, The Bible never says you can't tell a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ that how they're living is incorrect. But you better not come to them without examining yourself first. And notice the really important distinction of who Jesus assumes that you're talking to when you identify that something is wrong. Jesus assumes that you're talking to a brother. Jesus assumes that you're talking to a sister. And here's what I mean by that. Jesus assumes that you're talking to a fellow Christian. We'll talk more about that in just a second. Matthew 18, 15 through 20 says this. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, wherever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Jesus says, you ought to to come up and address your brother when they're in the wrong. You ought to come up and address your friend who is a follower of Jesus when they are in the wrong. The Bible does not say that you can't do that. 
So we must not be people who say, don't judge, meaning you can't ever tell me that the way I'm living is wrong. Because that's not how the Bible paints that picture. That's not how the Bible paints that picture. And really, really, if you're the person in here who's using don't judge in that way, who's saying, you know what? You can't ever tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. Here's my fear. That you're saying to people, hey, you can't judge me. The Bible says don't judge me. You're using that phrase to just keep on sinning. That's really what you're doing. You're putting just enough Bible on it to make people feel bad and get out of your face. And what I hope is that we'd really understand what the Bible actually means and apply it to our life. The second way that we misunderstand this, we, is, we take don't judge to mean that we need to be accepting of all ideas, ways of life, and on and on. Well, the Bible says don't judge, so that means we need to be accepting of all ideas and all ways of thinking and all ways of life. So your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and their truth is their truth. So you, you can't tell somebody that that is wrong. You can't, you can't identify something as wrong. You can't identify something as evil. The problem with that way of thinking is the Bible over and over again identifies evil as evil and wrong as wrong. Now, do we need to be the people that are blasting Facebook and Twitter and getting in people's face and saying, you're wrong, you're an idiot, I'm smarter than you. No, that's not helpful. But to disagree with somebody's way of thinking, to, to say that idea, to not even say to their face, but just to know in your head, that idea is incorrect. That's not judgmental. You see, the opposite of judgment is not tolerance. Tolerance isn't helpful to anybody. Because what you're saying is that nothing is actually true. But everything is true all at the same time. How illogical is that? I mean, in this moment, you're like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But in moments out there, we live in this way that, oh, that's true. And I guess that's true, too. And what I believe is true, too. Well, how can this all be true at the same time? The answer is, is that it can't. And yet people are up in your face about Oh, do you disagree with this? Do you disagree with this? Do you stand with this? Do you, are you for this? As if it's judgmental to be against something or for something based on the truth that you believe from the scripture. You're not being intolerant by saying I disagree. Intolerance is when you shove folks out and say you can't even be near me. I can't even be around you because of the way that you think, believe, live. That's intolerant. That's unloving. But it's not judgmental to disagree. It's not judgmental to say, that is, that is evil. It is not judgmental for me to say, what, is, what happens at the hand of ISIS is evil. It's wicked. That's not, that's not just, who's going to, what if they came over here and were like, well, why are you judging me, man? I'm just trying to do what I believe. That's not judgmental. That's calling evil, evil. We should be okay with that. We should be the kind of people that identify evil as evil. And the last question that we need to ask is this. Then how ought we to understand this? If we've understood it incorrectly, what's the correct way to understand this command? Don't judge. How should we understand it? 
What is meant by the word that Jesus says in verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. Well, here's the first thing. Judge not means you don't get to take on God's role. Judge not means you don't get to be God. God is the judge. You're not. God gives guilt. You don't. God gives the final sentence. You don't. So don't try to take the place of God and say you are this or you are that and tell people what they're like. God is the judge. We are not. He gets the final say. The second thing, how we should understand this phrase, judge not. We should not position ourselves as better than other people. You see, notice what, notice what Jesus is saying. He's addressing people to these people. Judge not that you be not judged. How do we take that? We take that text and we run with it and we say, you see, the Bible says you can't judge me. What is Jesus addressing? Jesus is addressing how you talk and treat other people, not how other people treat you. Jesus says, judge not. Don't judge other people. Don't think that you are better than these people. Don't put yourself as higher than these people because this was the picture. There are people that put on all this religious garb and put on all this religious behavior and on the outside, they looked like they had it all together. And so because everybody thought they had it all together, they believed that they had it all together. And so when they came to other people that obviously didn't have it all together, they were like, your life is a wreck and obviously mine is not. I'm better than you. And Jesus is saying, don't live that way. Don't live that way. It's not helpful. I'm against that. Don't position yourself as Better, you're on the same playing field. Look at verse 5. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Jesus first says to look at yourself. When you come into a scenario where you know somebody is in sin and you want to address it, you can't come in guns blazing. You can't come in and say, are you kidding me? Can you not get your life together? Because here's what's going to happen in that moment. They're immediately going to throw up a wall of defense, shove you out, or they're going to say, yeah, but aren't you kind of jacked up too? They're going to immediately try to point out your flaws. The way in which you address them matters. You need to look at yourself first. Take the log out of your own eye. Then you can clearly see the speck in your brother's eye. Then you can clearly see. When you take the log out of your own eye, when you look at yourself first, how do you then clearly see other people? What happens? You realize, left to myself, I'm just as wicked as you are. And left to myself, I have no hope. But for the grace of God in my life, I am what I am. And so you come to that person and you address them in a way and an understanding that, look, I need the grace of God just like you need the grace of God. Left to myself, I'll mess this up too. And I'm coming here out of humility, not because I think I'm better than you. I know that I'm not. You see, we shouldn't position ourselves as better. We ought to take the log out of our own eyes so we can see clearly that we're actually on the same playing field. Romans chapter 12 says it like this. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment 
each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Philippians 2. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Humility matters. Humility matters. Don't position yourselves as better. Third thing to help us understand this. We need to apply this command of don't judge. We need to apply it to the right person. We need to apply it to the right people. Hey, here's what I mean by that. Jesus assumes you're talking to a brother, a fellow Christian, somebody who is following Christ along with you, that is on the same team as you. Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 7, all of the texts that, cause, that talk about us addressing people that are in sin, assume that we're talking to a brother, that we're talking to a fellow Christian, that we're talking to a sister, that we're, that we're saying we're on the same team, we're after the same Jesus, we're on the same path here. And so let's just, let's, let's look and see like, hey, you're struggling in this area, I'm struggling in this area, I, I'm going to call that on you because I love you. Jesus gives us that. He, that. We're afforded that as fellow Christians. The problem is, we use that same line of thinking with non-Christian people. And you see non-Christian people behaving in non-Christian ways and you expect them to act like Christians. And so you address their behavior. Hey dude, we don't, don't cuss. Hey dude, we don't talk like that. Hey, we don't talk about that. Hey, why do you do that? Don't you know that God says don't do that? They don't care what God says. Why would we ever expect people who don't follow Jesus to start acting like they follow Jesus when they don't? It's not fair. So do you you need to create healthy boundaries? Sure. But we ought not just correct their behavior. That's unhelpful. And that paints a really inaccurate picture of what Christianity is like. It paints this picture that all that Christianity is about is making you act better. And that's not helpful. Because Jesus didn't come to make you good people. Jesus came to make dead people live. That's way different than just acting right. You see, so if you're in here and you've gotten a Christianity painted to you that's just about acting right, I'm really sorry. That's not Christianity. It's not. Jesus' primary goal is not for you to act the right way. Jesus' primary goal is for you to believe that he's the son of God, that lived the perfect life that you couldn't, died the death that you deserved, and got up from the dead so that you could have a way, the way to God. That's Jesus' primary goal, to see that his kingdom is coming and he is the king and we ought to follow the king. And this is what happens. Here's what's so beautiful about the gospel is that when we believe that and it sinks into our bones and we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit and we follow that king, you know what happens? The way we live changes. The way we behave changes. Not because we're just trying to be better people, but because God is actually changing us. So let's not be people who look at people that aren't Christians and expect them to just act better. It's unhelpful. And that's, that's when people that aren't Christians look at other Christians and say, why are you so judgmental? And you know what? They're right. They're right. Let's be the people that show them the gospel more than we show them how to, how to behave rightly. The fourth thing, it might be the most important thing here. How do we understand this rightly? This command, don't judge. 
when it comes to identifying sin in another Christian's life, you better act in humility. You better act in humility. You see, because it says in verse 5, seeing clearly, after you take the log out of your eye, you'll be able to see clearly. You've got to act in humility. You better come. I've had people come to me when I've blown it and don't know that I'm blown. I can remember in high school, MySpace was a thing. If you're like, I don't even know what MySpace is, my dude. Whatever. MySpace was a thing. So <clears throat> I, had, I had started going to this church and was really involved and, and really trying to gr- like grow. And God was doing some cool things in my life. And on MySpace at the time, you could put a song on your MySpace page, you know. And so I thought it would be really cool to put this song I thought was funny, but was horrifically inappropriate. Like, it was bad. Like, it would have had the explicit parentheses on iTunes kind of deal, right? But I was like, whatever, dude, I'm 17. So I put it on my MySpace page. And I was like, man, girls are going to think I'm so funny. And a week goes by, my student pastor calls me into his office. Just like, oh. You know what he does? He lovingly explains to me why it's a bad idea. He doesn't bring me in and sit me down and say, hey, dude, you're an idiot. He would have been right. But he brings me in and he sits me down and he explains to me like, hey, do you, do you think this is the best idea? Do you think that this represents what you believe about Jesus the best? And after that conversation, you know what? I was like, you're right. This isn't honoring to God at all. And it wasn't about music. It's not, it's not that I'm saying to you like, well, if you're Christian, you can only listen to KSBJ. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is this. The way that he approached me in humility, the way that he understood, the way that he, the way that he talked with me before he called me out, the way that he drew me in and was, and was, was kind, was helpful. He acted in humility. He understood, hey, I've blown it before too. And I'm trying to put before you lessons that I've learned because I'm trying to keep you out of situations that I was in that hurt. So listen, you see this most often with your parents. They come to you and say, hey, this probably isn't best. Hey, why are you doing this? Help me understand what's going on. Why do you think that that's the best way to do it? And you're like, you don't know my life, mom. Don't judge me. Like, hold on. Believe it or not, believe it or not, your parents want the best for you. They're not, they're, whenever they had kids, your mom and dad didn't look at one another and you say, hey, you want to make this kid's life miserable for 18 years? Let's do it, high five. (laughs) They didn't. And so when they come to you and they say, hey, I don't think this is the best choice. They're after your best. They're calling stuff out of you and saying, hey, I walked this road. And I carry the scar that I'm trying to keep you from carrying. I don't know what that looks like to you. You know what it looks like to me? That looks like love to me. 
That doesn't look like fun sucking. That doesn't look like hate. That looks like I care so much about you that I refuse to let you get cut or burned or scarred like I did. I refuse. That's loving. And so when you, when you go and, and you see another brother or sister in sin and you're going to talk to them about it, don't come guns blazing. And, and don't, don't come at them and be like, look at this, you idiot. Follow it. That's not helpful. Come to them and say, hey, look, I, I get it wrong too. But based on what I see in the Bible, I, do you think this is the best choice? And have a conversation and act in humility and live in humility. And point each other to Jesus. That's helpful. That's helpful.